Yesterday afternoon, I wandered into Eli's Market on 3rd Avenue in search of Easter candy. Eli's is one of those places I love to walk through but uh, rarely buy anything. Uh, But I love to look. And yesterday, as I walked past the prepared foods section, I stopped. Right there, ready for purchase, wrapped and ready to go, was a takeout Seder meal, complete with hard-boiled egg, shank bone, horseradish, haroset, and a parsley bouquet. It's everything one needs to celebrate Seder at home or, or on the go. The meal includes the symbolic foods, as most of you know, that help one to remember God's saving grace, God's saving the people of Israel, then, now, and always. It's that same story pointed to in our first reading from Exodus. I love that image of the Seder takeout meal in the market wrapped in cellophane, Because in many ways, it's exactly what Moses is talking about. (laughs) Moses explains that it should be eaten on the go. As he says bluntly, eat the meal with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You shall eat it hurriedly. Moses rushes the people through their meal because God is busy rushing through Egypt and making a way for the people to go forward, a way of freedom and a way of new life. Certainly by Jesus' time, that Passover meal had already been slowed down and somewhat ritualized. And so when Jesus and his disciples gather in an upper room to celebrate the Passover meal, they know that tradition from Exodus But Jesus seems to choose this place and time explicitly not to have a hurried meal. Instead, he chooses this time and place in order to slow down. Biblical scholars argue about whether Jesus knew exactly what the next few days days would bring or not, whether he just sensed things were leading in a particular direction or whether he really knew. It sort of depends on which gospel one reads. But whatever the case, in the midst of the confusion, the uncertainty, the worry, the fear, perhaps some doubt, Jesus chose this supper as a chance to be with his friends, as a chance to savor every minute with them, to taste the bread, to chew the olives, to to smell the wine, to pray with eyes open wide, to take in each moment and drink it deeply. Jesus speaks with his friends gently. He he talks about what might be the way ahead. And when they become anxious, he offers calm. He, He shows them faith. He tries to prepare them spiritually. And as a symbol of servanthood and and cleaning away the old to make room for the new, Jesus washes their feet. Simon Peter speaks for all of us with his discomfort at the very idea, perhaps for some of the same reasons. Simon resists the vulnerability. He doesn't want to yield to another 
He doesn't want another, certainly not Jesus, to to touch and to wash. Some of us might be in that same place and feel unusually uncomfortable with the whole idea of someone else touching, much less washing our feet. And yet, just like Jesus tries to show Simon Peter that service involves not only giving, not only doing unto others, service also involves receiving, allowing others to do to us. And that's a part of what Jesus is teaching. It's a way of service that makes for communion, for common union, for giving, but also for receiving This act of washing feet not only recalls the service that Jesus shows his disciples, but it reminds us of of where we are. Uh, We're not in first century Palestine. We're here in New York. Um, We don't all have stylized, beautiful, manicured feet like are in the frescoes or the paintings. And yet we are here. We have one another. If you look around in this place, you'll see a sight that will never, ever be repeated again. Not in exactly this way, with, with this light, with these people, with this configuration. Each of these people, every single one of us, looks the way we do tonight. But not yesterday, and not tomorrow. Water, bread, wine, bodies, emotions, they're all rare and endangered species, endangered by the the worries of tomorrow, by the regrets of yesterday, by the distractions of today. And so God invites us to be present this night, to be here, to be here now. For many of us, this season of Lent has been uh, perhaps especially challenging to keep any kind of focus, any kind of sense in the moment, in the day that is at hand. Of course, the political and cultural questions of our day keep us on, uh, on edge. They keep us anxious. They keep us defensive for what used to be normal, basic values that most people shared. Tax season, for many, has brought new worries and challenges and anxieties, especially for those in the Northeast and those in our parish. Health concerns confront a number of us in very serious ways, and there are a few people who had hoped to be with us tonight, but they're elsewhere, preoccupied, waiting on surgeries or appointments or procedures. And then there was Monday, as many of us watched as Notre Dame burned, reminding us of what we know, but we'd rather not remember, (laughs) reminding us of other occasions of fire and chaos, of of 9-11, of the fire in November of 2011 at our own cathedral, of, of reminding us of all the impermanence of buildings, of people, of life. Among the many lessons Jesus models for us in the upper room, 
He models the practice of presence. He is fully present with his friends, his disciples. Jesus isn't worried about the past. He's not even worried about the future. But he's in the now. Many of you, no doubt, are familiar with the work of Eckhart Tolle and his uh, very famous book, The Power of Now. In that book, Tola explains, time isn't precious at all because time is an illusion. What you perceive as precious is not time, but the one point that is out of time, the now. That is precious indeed. The more you are focused on time, past and future, the more you miss the now, the most precious thing there is. We have a song in our hymnal that that sings about this now in in a hymn simply called Now. It sings about all the various signs and symbols of this night. It sings now the silence, now the peace, now the empty hands uplifted, now the kneeling, now the plea, now the Father's arms in welcome. Now the hearing, now the power, now the vessel brimmed for pouring, now the body, now the blood, now the joyful celebration, now the wedding, now the songs, now the heart forgiven leaping, now the spirit's visitation, now the son's epiphany, now the father's blessing, now. Just as Jesus used the upper room as a time to be with his friends, so this night provides us with a particular opportunity to be present. A lot has gone before us. The days ahead will surely bring their challenges and their joys. But for now, tonight we are in this place, and God is here now. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.